Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I'm your co-host Sarah. I'm Charla. And I'm Heather. And we are going to be talking this week about Disney Cruise Line staterooms. What the heck is a 5A versus a 9B? <laughs> what are the differences? <laughs> what does all of that mean? Why are they numbers and letters? And, you know, what's Deluxe Ocean View versus Deluxe Family Ocean View? And all of that good information. So we're going to be getting to that in just a little bit. But speaking of Disney Cruise Line, we are pre-recording this week because <laughs> Sharla is leaving us and we are so jealous. <laughs> Take us with you. I know. Come on. <laughs> Keep um, saying that. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, so we're headed to Legoland first, and Ooh. then we're headed on the Dream back to back. So this will be this will be fun. Super exciting. I love a back to back cruise. I haven't had a chance to do one yet, but I do them for a lot of my clients, and it's like. Getting a, you know, it's like getting a double dip cruise. Yeah. Two stops at Castaway Key without having to pay for a double dip mm-hmm. cruise. Yeah. yeah. And a lot yeah. of the double dip cruises are only five nights. Right. So um, we get seven nights. And yeah, so it's two stops in Nassau. But, you know, I rarely get off the ship anyway. So it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I've been to Nassau like 10 times without having gotten off the ship or something like that. So um, same girl, same. Yeah. But, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, if we do go anywhere, we were talking about going over to Atlantis and going to the aquarium, but I'll let you guys know if we decide okay. to do All right. Well, I'm I'm going to want you to do that because I actually have a dolphin encounter at Atlantis booked for my cruise in August. So I'll let you be the guinea pig for Atlantis. It includes the water park (laughs) access. So, oh, mine does not, or we weren't, we weren't going to do that. So, um, but anyway, we'll see. All right. So next week when we're back for episode 37, we are going to be talking about Charlotte's back-to-back cruise and what are some of the things that you need to know about a back-to-back cruise, you know, because you do have to get off the ship for at least a little bit. So she's going to be reporting back with all of that. All right. I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible travel agent for myself since I never plan anything for for me. I've been on my time planning for everybody else. So like, we have no plans really at this point, except for Palo. Um, Yeah, but that's the best part about a cruise. Yeah. You don't really need mm. like a lot of plans. You just show up and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so. you can make a lot of plans, but you don't have to. I know. So I'm it's going to be fun. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So we actually, even though we're pre recording, we actually do have some news for you. So, uh, Charlie, you had texted us yesterday telling us about some news for sticking with the Disney Cruise Line theme. Why don't you share that? Yeah. So, Disney Cruise Line announced that. Uh, of the three new ships that are coming out in the next several years, two out of the three of them will definitely be home-based in Port Canaveral. So that's, I think that's really exciting. Yeah, which leads to the question, where's the, where's third? the third ship going? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have our own speculations that we think maybe West Coast. Um, I, think, I think maybe West Coast and then it'll do Hawaii. Or... You know, it could that could change like the magic and the wonder since maybe the magic will be more permanently in Europe. Um, not sure what it'll do during the winter, but we'll see. I would love for them to have ships obviously in Florida, but do at least one out here on the West Coast, one up in New York. That would be great. And then one in the summer that can do Europe would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think it'd be great if they went back and forth to Hawaii because that Hawaii cruise for next year sold out real fast. I know mm-hmm. those cruises were gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. 
Panama yeah. Canal also does really well for them. So that might be a good one to just, you know, have a ship go <laughs> back and forth between, <laughs> between uh, California mm-hmm. and Florida. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, That one's an expensive one, I think, though, for cruises because it has lots of port taxes and fees in it. So I don't, sure. <laughs> I don't know how likely that is. But, you know, they, they might do it more often, though, or on yeah. more than one ship. Yes. You know, because typically it's just the wonder that goes back and forth. So it would be nice if you could do it on, you know, one of the newer ships. So Yeah, and if they can get two ships in Europe, that would be fantastic. So you would have more than, you know, one Norway cruise, more than, you know, six Mediterranean cruises, and then maybe the prices would go down. Yeah, or maybe one out of Dover and one out of Barcelona or, you know, that'd be nice. Are you listening, DCL? Yeah, (laughs) very smart. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So hopping over to your part of the world, Heather, you had some Disneyland news. Super spooky and exciting. (laughs) Yeah, it looks really great. Um, So the Haunted Mansion out here at Disneyland is celebrating 50 years, which is crazy. I can't believe it's been around that long. Uh, But Disneyland's going to do a really cool after hour special event so it's a separate ticketed event and basically um it's just a party at the haunted mansion there's going to be some rides open obviously the haunted mansion but then also splash mountain um and uh things in critter countries so that'll be open for people to go to but there's going to be um you know a special dinner with special foods themed to the haunted mansion they're going to have um different entertainment so probably the cadaver dans and whoever else um and they're going to have some characters from the mansion walking around mingling with the guests um they're going to have different um photo pass opportunities which are also all included in the ticket so you can take as many pictures as you want and be able to download those for free um and then it's so it says event themed food and beverage beverages and then on top of that they're also going to have some other food special items for sale um but i think what the biggest attraction for most people is going to be is all of the merchandise that they've created for this event (laughs) it looks really cool there's a a 50th anniversary dooney bag and (gasps) i need it it's like you know the black and gray haunted mansion uh print but then it's got a little bit of gold on it too for the 50th and it's like i want to go just for that Uh, but they're doing it on two days um so it's going to be i want to say august 8th and august 9th Uh, they're after hours so you can't get into the park with this ticket until 11 p.m and it goes until 4 a.m oh wow um and then tickets went on sale today may 23rd and in about 45 minutes from yeah. when we're recording so by the, this. So by the time you guys hear this, they're probably sold out. They're, I'm sure they're going to be. I'm not even going to attempt this. I'm sure they're going to be sold out. But if you do go, if you get tickets, we'd like to hear. Because there's also like some pretty artwork and pins and really cute earrings. So it'll be fun. Nice. Is it wrong that I pictured when it was like, you know, event themed food and what? All I'm picturing is the death day party from Harry Potter. Sir Nicholas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Little, little Harry Potter crossover there for a minute. Apologize. Apologize. Uh, well, speaking of after hours events, Disney World has announced after hours dates for this summer for the Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. Um, and it's interesting because the dates are a little all over the place. So Hollywood Studios is only in July. So it's four days in July. Um, Animal Kingdom has 
a bunch of them. So that's July, August, and into September. And then Magic Kingdom doesn't start until August. There's two dates in August and then four dates in September. So lots of after hours excitement going on. How come Epcot never gets any after hours, love? I don't know. That's kind of where I want it too, you know? Right? I'd rather stay at Epcot later in the evening. Yeah. So if, in case anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, After Hours is a separate ticketed event. It costs $125 plus tax for advanced purchase, $129 plus tax if you buy it that day, if there's any day of tickets available. They sell a very limited number of tickets. By very, They don't tell us exactly how many tickets, but basically it's, you know, the parks are pretty empty so you really get to get on the attractions that are open and your price includes ice cream popcorn and select beverages as well so it's a fun event and i know charlie you got to do one so yeah and it was a lot of fun but i but it was at magic kingdom i would love to do it at another park yeah yeah and then last but not least this was up last week and we just completely forgot to mention it but they have expanded the mobile ordering at walt disney world to some of the resort restaurants as well and they are continuing to expand mobile ordering as we go if you have not used mobile order at walt disney world what are you waiting for (laughs) (laughs) it is the best thing ever it's basically a fast pass for food It's essentially what it is. You order your food in advance on the My Disney Experience app. You show up. You sail past the line at whatever quick service location you're going to. Pick up your food and head directly to your table. It is fantastic. And you should all get right on that. I mean, not all of you, because if everybody starts using it, then I might have to wait a few more minutes for my food. And I don't like that. (laughs) So, no, seriously, it's really fantastic. So, um, and that's it. I think that's all we have for news, right? I think so. Did I miss anything? Oh, Oh my gosh, Heather, I don't know how we didn't talk about this. The tea party or the unbirthday party. The one out here? Yes, we didn't talk about this. Oh, I need to go to this. (laughs) I don't know why we didn't. (laughs) I can't believe it escaped my mind. It's okay. So if anybody has been to Steakhouse 55, they a few years back started doing afternoon tea. Um, And in recent years, they started doing, you know, a specialty tea for Halloween. So everything is kind of themed around pumpkins and, and all of that type of thing. And um, and then I know when Pixar Pier opened, they did one Pixar-themed afternoon tea. But I texted the girls last week. Apparently, they're doing an unbirthday tea and everything is themed to Alice in Wonderland and it's going through the summer. So I text them immediately. I'm like, well, in August, we have to do this. We have to. And it's all cute, like little tea cakes, but they're, you know, that weird, crazy Mad Hatter tea cakes and everything is themed around Alice, Mad Hatter, Cheshire Cat, White Rabbit, all the characters. I'm like, yeah, wait, I think I lost my mind when they announced that. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, we. I meant to talk about it on the podcast. And I just keep forgetting. I don't know why I didn't bring it up, but it's very cute. Yeah. I don't know sounds... if I can wait until you ladies get here. I might just have to go do it for myself and then report back. <laughs> and then I'll do it with you again. <laughs> I th- I mean, it is an unbirthday, right? So it's not like you have to, you know. Exactly. No reason any... to celebrate. Exactly. All right. So let's get to today's topic, Disney Cruise Line. You know we love Disney Cruise Line. We talk about it all the time. It is one of our favorite dis- Disney destinations. Um, and there is a 
blog post that goes along with this topic, actually, that is up on our website. So if you go to DisneyParkPrincess.com and click on Disney Cruise Line and scroll through the different posts, there is a, an entire post based on how to choose the best stateroom for your family. So um, we've got data to go along with our podcast today. <laughs> um, so let's dive into it. Who wants to explain sort of the difference between the numbers and the letters? I think because I think that is oftentimes the most confusing thing to guests. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's start with, first of all, the basics is inside Ocean View veranda. And then you have concierge, but concierge is going to have a veranda. So inside Ocean View veranda, there's basically um, a bunch of different letters and numbers that go with each <laughs> particular one. So let's start with standard inside. It just means tiny room, no windows um, and one bathroom. So a lot of, you know, we most of the staterooms on Disney Cruise Line have that split bathroom. The standard inside does not. You have to do deluxe inside to get the split bathroom. And you want that split bathroom. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes. And it's usually not very much more, if you're going to go with an inside room, it's usually not very much more to get the deluxe over the standard. Um, I will say that while there's no technically no technical outside views on the dream class ships, the dream and the fantasy, they do have the virtual portholes, which is cute. You know, it's like it looks like a window, but it's really a screen. They've got cameras all on the outside of the ship. So you're actually seeing where you would be seeing if you were right right there. So that's neat. Yeah. So let's get into, though, I really I, I, I do want to get this out of the way ahead of time because I think this is confusing for a lot of people. And as we go through the different categories, we're going to be talking about the subcategories within the categories. So we'll use this one as an example. So a standard inside stateroom are category 11s. Within category 11, there's categories A, B, and C. So right. the number refers to typically, generally, sort of inside ocean view veranda what type of stateroom you're in what your configuration is and what you're looking at and if you have a window the letter a b or c refers to your stateroom's location on the ship is it aft is it mid is it forward and how high of a deck is it on mm -hmm. so 11c is typically the bottom category if you will those are standard inside staterooms in what are considered to be the quote unquote, worst locations, <laughs> you know, worst is a relative term, by the way, your favorite stateroom might be an 11C. Fantastic. If that's what works for you, that's great. Um, but so those are going to be the inside staterooms that are way down on deck two. All right. And then as you move up, same thing. So each, each number has multiple letter subcategories within it. So, all right. <laughs> right. Just to be so, thoroughly confusing. I know. <laughs> um, they don't but, make it easy. Yeah. I mean, I may be jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but really the best way is to look is to just look at the deck plan. If you want to be somewhere specific, uh, look at look at a cruise deck plan. Um, there's they're all over the place online, or your travel agent could send you one, and you will be able to say, you know, I want to be right midship on deck eight. Well, that's this category or something like that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the higher the number, the quote unquote, and this is again, just the best term I have for it, the better, nicer, larger, 
more windows this you know type of stateroom it is and the higher the number a versus c the quote-unquote better located on the ship it is so like a 5a a 4a whatever it is almost always is going to refer to a midship stateroom that is on the highest deck possible for that number yeah that makes any sense yeah so the 11s and the 10s are going to be inside nines nine eight and sevens are going to be ocean view and six five four are going to be veranda so seven seven is still a veranda it's just okay. a navigator's veranda right okay seven's a navigator's veranda yeah. um so yeah so we got for our stateroom coming up we got a six b which technically says it has a white wall, but I found some photos and it's like a three inch tall little <laughs> white wall. <laughs> so again, not all set, not all. Do you have an, obs- do you have same. an obstruction? Cause it's we white do. wall or obstructed. No, it doesn't look like it. Okay. I mean, we might, cause it's, it's pretty much close to the back, but it doesn't look like it based on the reviews that I've had. So nice. That I've seen. So yeah, we'll see. I'll nice. find out when I get there. So what are your opinions about, you know, because I always tell clients, like, pick the number, you know, pick what type of stateroom you want first. Do you want inside Ocean View or Veranda? We'll worry about where it is on the ship later. But people tend to, I find, have pretty definitive opinions about what whether or not they need a veranda, whether or not they need a window. And then you sort of go from there. Does that sound yeah. about right to you guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times, so... It depends on um, what you need, but if you want two rooms, you may not be able to get that lowest letter in the category. You may have to get, you know, a 5C for two rooms versus a 5B. Um, the cat- the rooms do not connect within categories. You have to both be in the same exact category for them to connect. Mm-hmm. So I usually say, yeah, do you want an inside? Do you want an ocean view? Do you want a veranda? And then we will pick a room within that. And if it's and usually the price difference in like a 5D and a 5B, not very much. Right. right. So the yeah. big price difference is going to go from the ocean view to the veranda or something like that. Yeah. The other interesting thing I think about sort of the pricing within the letter categories is sometimes, depending on how many of them they have left, what is typically a more expensive stateroom will actually be cheaper than a lower category because they have more of them available. And mm-hmm. so Disney is Disney is sort of a supply and demand pricer. The less they have of something, the more they charge for it. So if they have a whole ton of five A's that are unsold, but all of the five C's have been sold except for one or two, it actually might be cheaper for you to book the five A than it would be for you to book mm-hmm. the five C. So don't automatically assume that it's going to be more expensive just because it's got a higher letter number. It really just depends on what's available for that particular yeah. sailing. I have seen verandas uh, less expensive than inside staterooms. Doesn't oh, happen yeah. often. But oh, yeah. I've, I've seen it happen. Especially after those virtual portholes first came out. Yeah, Everybody wanted those <laughs> virtual portholes. They loved them. They thought they were the coolest thing. So everybody was booking those Category 10 staterooms. And so Category 9s were cheaper than the inside staterooms, yeah. which is crazy to me. Because would you rather look at the actual sun i would than the but... fake sun yeah but the virtual portholes have all the little characters that come oh, by yeah. and say hi to you and that's yeah. so cute they it are is cute. cute they are cute yeah. yeah um 
All right. I'm wondering so, if the if the new ships are going to have a virtual balcony category like oh, a lot of the ships do now. Mm -hmm. That's seems really like most cruise now. lines. Yeah, most cruise lines have that. So, all right, explain that to people though who've never heard that term before. Okay. So a virtual balcony is kind of like that virtual porthole we were talking about, except it's an entire wall that's a giant TV screen. Basically, um, you close. You can close the curtain. You can turn it off because it does make a little bit of a hum. But you can flat out turn it off. But you can close the curtain. Um, but it looks like you're just looking out onto a balcony from your, from your stateroom. It is an entire wall of screen that is bright or dark, depending on the weather outside and, or the time of day. So it's pretty mm. cool. Um, it really makes you feel like you're outside and it makes the inside staterooms feel a whole lot bigger than they actually are too. Interesting. Yeah. And for me, the whole point of the veranda is to be able to go outside yeah, and get the fresh air. So yeah, that almost sounds mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I don't like about an ocean view is while it's nice to be able to see out, man, I want to be able to get some fresh air um, yeah. in my, in my stateroom. So yeah, I'm a big proponent of fresh air, especially yeah. if you are prone to any motion sickness, or that is something that you are worried about being able to get outside, get some fresh air and really be able to look at a horizon is super helpful for that as well. So, um, but let's talk about some of the considerations, like sort of pros and cons of each of the different categories, because I know some people who love an inside stateroom, mm -hmm. just love it. Like what are, I know Heather's making a face. I'm making the exact same face. Like I don't I get do not it. Love it but I hey. don't get it. But I have a client. She calls it her bat cave. Like she loves it. It's all she wants because she is not almost ever going to be in her room. And when she is, it's just to, to, to get ready and to sleep. And then whoop, she's back out again. So yeah. I think there are a lot of people that, so it really just depends on what type of cruiser are you, right? Right. See, I like to spend a lot of time in my room. So I like a veranda. Mm -hmm. I have stayed in an inside stateroom and lo and behold, occasionally it was noon and I woke up and I was like, what time is it? Holy cow. It is noon because it is pitch black mm -hmm. in that room. You don't have that natural light to wake you up. It is so dark. So on one hand, it's kind of cool because really, it really is dark. But on the other hand, you have no way to gauge the time of day what time it is. It's like um, a casino. <laughs> like it, just could yeah. be, it could be any time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, if you want to take a nap, man, that inside stateroom is awesome. But you really, I mean, you really have no way to judge what time it is at all um, mm -hmm. if, if you're in that inside stateroom. So that's, I guess, positive and negative, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. But to me, most of the time, there are a lot, the rooms are a lot smaller um, and they feel enclosed. And a lot of times they are in the very, very front of the ship or the very, very bottom of the ship. Not always, because mm -hmm. there's certainly inside staterooms up higher, but it just, it just feels cramped to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't like it. Yeah. So, I mean, consideration, is there any situation under which you, you would consider booking an inside stateroom? Um, I think for me, because I have done inside staterooms on Disney before, and the only time that I really, like, I was okay with it is I found a really incredible guarantee rate, and I thought, well, maybe I'll get upgraded. If not, no big deal. Like, this this price is crazy low, um, and that's really the only time I'm going to consider it. Um because I, I love a balcony and I love to utilize the balcony and I love to listen to the, the ocean 
in my room. So for me, an inside state room really does nothing for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I guess if it were a situation where it was a shorter cruise, like if maybe I, I just really just wanted a quick getaway and it was like a three night cruise and maybe I was going with friends or, you know, if I was traveling with somebody else who had a very, like if I'm traveling with one of you and, you know, you've got a veranda state room, I'm going to be hanging out in your veranda all the time. Like, okay, you know, it doesn't really matter. But you just, you yeah. can't stand my snoring anymore. So you made me get my own room, you know, like, you know <laughs> under those circumstances, maybe, you know, um, or look, if it's, if it's the only thing available and I really just need to get away, like an inside stateroom to me is better than no cruise at all. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when, okay. So the, the time that I stayed in inside stateroom, I mean, I've stayed in inside staterooms that have a window, like overlooking a promenade or something like that on it. On that's different though. I feel like that's, but, yeah. Yeah. When, when I did Royal Caribbean inside stateroom, it was a nine night cruise and it was a long time. However, we did not have, we were not in the room that much. It was a group cruise. So there were people all over the, you know, like that we were hanging out with all over the time. And we, we really were kind of just in there to sleep and get ready. Right. So it, it didn't really bother me. I thought I was going to have a really hard time with it. I did not. However, I'm going to prefer it some sort of natural light. I really, I really am. If, if it had been just my family, I don't think I would have liked it very much. Okay. So let's talk about the next step up. Uh, ocean view. Yeah. Um, I've actually only stayed in an ocean view room one time, uh, with like with a regular window and it really wasn't bad. Uh, the window was pretty big and you know, we got, we got to see out just fine. Um, again, I'm going to prefer that breeze coming in the veranda, but the ocean view is, is a, is an acceptable solution for me, you know, Mm -hmm. again, depending on price and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and especially I think on DCL, I, cause I, I have not sailed ocean view and DCL, but I have in other cruise lines. But what I really like about Disney cruise line is that in most of their ocean view staterooms, not all, but most, they have the big porthole window where you mm-hmm. can actually sit in it. And so it just, it feels like just a t- tiny bit more space that you can utilize. Yeah. But what I also love on Disney Cruise Line is that they have the Category 8s. Okay, so Category 9s are Deluxe Ocean View Staterooms. Category 8s are Deluxe Family Ocean View yeah. Staterooms. And that family in the name is basically code for lots more square footage. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So same type of room, still just an ocean view, but an extra, I forget how much it is. It's either 25 or 50 square feet that you get, which doesn't sound like much. But is like it's yeah. a big difference. The family staterooms also sleep five people in most cases. So it's the queen bed, it's the sofa that flips over to a twin, it's the pull down twin from the ceiling, and then also a Murphy bed that folds down out of the wall. So you can sleep five people in the family staterooms. In most cases, there are a couple that only sleep four, but still have the extra square footage. But it's five, I think, in like ninety something percent of them. So yeah, which is and nice. it gets. The good thing about those too is this: your stateroom attendant will make up the room during the day, so that Murphy bed that comes down, it's not blocking anything mm-hmm. if you walking around the stateroom, um, and then you can still sit on the sofa during the day. So, right, it's a really nice, it's a really nice option. Um, that's one thing Disney Cruise Line does better than a lot of other cruise lines is they have a lot of rooms that sleep five. Yeah, up to, and up to five. So. Um, I've, I've been in a stateroom with two people that sleeps five because that's what they put us in. So it's, it's kind of nice that they have that versus other cruise lines that do not yeah. have many that sleep five. Yeah. 
And for me, an ocean view is a great compromise. Like if your budget just isn't allowing for veranda yet, but you just can't stomach the thought of the inside stateroom, ocean view is a great compromise for that, I feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, The negative thing about ocean view is those are definitely going to be on the lower decks and a lot of them really are up front. Um, but they, they're all in the lower decks. You're not going to get an ocean view on deck eight unless you are in the very, very front of the ship. Right. And if you're concerned about motion sickness, um, I would not go with one of those that are on the very, very front of the ship because that's where you feel it the most. Um, yeah. Mm, okay. All right, so moving on up the ranks. Now now we come to these sort of odd little categories where it's category seven and category six. They are, I guess let's just do category seven because it's such this weird little, they're veranda staterooms, but they're called but navigators. They're not really. Right, so all right, Heather, tell, tell us, explain what a navigator veranda is to the best of your ability. I've never like actually I, seen one. I, I, I struggle with this, and this is what most of my clients have questions about. What is a navigator veranda? Um, And the best I can say is that it is an open air porthole. So you do have a veranda, albeit a tiny one, um, but instead of it being open out to the ocean, it's there's a giant porthole covering your veranda. So if you're sitting down on the little benches they have out there, you can't see the ocean you can sit and have a chat with whoever is with you but you're not going to be able to gaze out onto the ocean you have to stand up and look out your porthole um but there's no glass over the porthole it's open air it's so bizarre yeah so you get the fresh air but not necessarily the view unless you're standing there yeah yeah Yeah. i've never actually seen one um in person Uh, maybe i'll see if i can ask them next week if they have any available to look at but um but i've never i've never actually seen one i've just seen please do that would be amazing actually (laughs) um but i've seen pictures of them and they do not look appealing to me at all and it was one of the things that when i booked the the cruise and i booked the guaranteed veranda i was like oh please don't put me in a navigator's veranda i can handle just about anything else but i don't want that um, and we didn't get that, but it's, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't even quote them to my clients cause I just don't find them appealing, um, yeah. at all. So yeah. nobody, I don't think I've ever had anybody booked into one of them at all. I don't, I think in 12 years, I don't think I've ever booked one. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. think so. Yeah. I don't nope. think so. I don't yeah. know. All right. So that's category seven. And then we move up to category six, still verandas, but again, verandas that are just slightly, there's some, and it's usually a pretty tiny thing, like in the case of Charlotte's stateroom, as she was saying, this is a tiny thing that ke- that separates it from all of the verandas, but it's significant enough that Disney Cruise Line felt like it needed to be categorized on its own. So typically category sixes have verandas that are either slightly undersized, have a solid white metal lower half instead of plexiglass, or have a slightly obstructed um, view where it's in typically the aft of the ship. So it's like the design of the ship sort of curves across where your yeah. normally large square veranda would be. Sometimes like there's like a little corner of it or whatever that's cut off that causes maybe a slightly obstructed view. Yeah, and I have a feeling that's kind of what is going to happen um, because we are – we're not on the aft. We are next to the aft. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like you can't go any farther back unless you're one of those rear-facing rooms. So we're real, real next to it. 
Um, so it, it could be a little bit obstructed, but I don't think it's going to be an issue. I've been in obstructed views before, and for the most part, it's not really that much. So yeah. it's definitely not a lifeboat in my way. Um, definitely not um, something major from what I've from what I've seen online. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So then that takes us to all of our favorites. <laughs> <laughs> The best way to cruise. The best way to cruise. <laughs> the category five, true veranda stateroms. Yes. Um, so this is sort of, I mean, this is the go-to, right? Like if somebody says, I want to go to a cruise, what's the first category that we're all, probably all pricing them? Starting a five. Yeah. Cate- starting with category five. Yes. Yeah. We would love to be starting with concierge, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other different show. That's a, di- that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so category fives are deluxe ocean view staterooms with verandas because Disney loves to make a room category with as many words as they possibly can. Uh-huh. Um, it just makes it sound fancy. Yeah. <laughs> and those are typically located on, uh, so we're looking at the higher decks. So you're looking at like depending on which ship you're on, if you're on the Dream and the Fantasy, they start on deck 10. If you're looking at the Magic and the Wonder, they start on deck uh, seven. Yes, yeah, they start on deck seven. So um, good standard veranda. But then we move up. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> category four, yes. So Heather, why don't you tell us what a category four is? So a category four is also a veranda but it is a family veranda so that means it is just a little bit bigger than the standard veranda so again it'll sleep up to five people you have more space um, which even if there's just two of you is really nice because staterooms are small they're not as big as a standard hotel room so having that extra space means more storage more room to move around Um, and those are typically on the upper decks, um, you know, deck seven, eight, nine, ten, and they're going to be midship of location. So if you, you know, you really want to be in the center of the ship because you don't want to feel the rocking, that's where these will be. Yeah. 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 Now there are some four E's. So four E's can be located aft or four E's are, again, this is like such a weird little quirky thing where the stateroom, all of the extra square footage is in the veranda and not necessarily in the stateroom. Bizarre. Go figure. I don't know. <laughs> they, call, they call it oversized private veranda. Oversized. You know, yes. Deluxe exactly. family ocean view state room with oversized yes. private veranda. Yeah, exactly. And oh, I'd say we stayed in a, in a category four, I think it was a four B, but I could be wrong a couple years ago on the fantasy and we didn't need that extra Murphy bed, but there was a whole extra cabinet and that was huge for mm-hmm. us. And it's, again, just three of us. Yeah. And Nora was really little and so we didn't technically need it for her stuff, but it was nice. She had her own little place. She could put her stuff. Um, I would I would book that as a family of two or three without hesitation. It, it yeah. was a really it's a really nice category. It's really nice to have the extra space. Yeah, my favorite stateroom on Disney Cruise Line is a four E. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you what specific stateroom because I, <laughs> I think I've already shared that with our <laughs> VIP Patreon subscribers. So. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, I can't share it exactly which one it is, but yes, it has a massive balcony. It's fantastic. Yeah, um, nice. I love it. I love yeah. it. Now, so which brings us to category three. Oh, wait, 
there is no category three (laughs) or two or one because this is Disney Cruise Line. And why would anything make sense? (laughs) But then you've got the zeros. (laughs) That's concierge. Zero, zero, V, zero, zero, T. And I don't know why they just don't call them V and T. But yes, they put those. Yep. So we move back to letters. So now, so now, just to be really confusing, even though we've just told you that letters mean where you are on the ship, not so fast because, as Sharla said, if it's an R, a T, or a V, or in some, uh, the Magic and the Wonder, an S, category S, um, those are actually all concierge suites. Yeah, and we've we've talked about this before that Disney Cruise Line is severely lacking in those types of rooms, and it's the suite category. But they've you know they've got plenty of them. They do because they have so few of them. They do tend to sell out pretty quickly. So if you're looking at something, you're not going to find you know you may not find it because it may just not be there. Like their lowest category of concierge sells yeah. out usually pretty quickly, and their royal suite sells out pretty quickly. So yeah, because there's only one or two right. depending on the ship. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so go figure. Letters, numbers. I'm expecting hieroglyphics for the new ships, frankly. I really hope that be. they don't. I hope they don't go and rework all of the categories. So everything's the same. Just, like, just please leave it the way it is. I can't learn well, I a whole new you. system. I guarantee you when those new ships come out, there's going to be <laughs> entire new categories and they're going to change the system. And now that we've got it all down to science, yep, they will completely change it. Because that's what they did when the Dream and the Fantasy came out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they recently redid the, um, the categories with Royal Caribbean. And it was really confusing for a while. It's not so much anymore because now we're used to it, but it's going to happen with Disney too. So we should also mention that there are some, what they call hidden portholes and hidden veranda staterooms. Um, But these are like, I'm not even going to get into which staterooms they are or whatever. I'll just say that they exist and suggest that you do a Google search. because. Those they are going to be the whole thing, you know, and they yeah, go they're gonna so be hard fast. to come by. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They get booked so quickly. It's almost not even worth really getting into them, but they do exist. And if you have a good travel planner like us, um, then, you know, <laughs> they can help you figure out which those state rooms are and if they're available. So, all right. Did we miss anything? I don't think so. Oh, one think- more thing to, one more thing to consider maybe is um, if you want to, uh, avoid rooms near near the kids club or under the pool or something like that. That's when a good deck plan will come in mm-hmm. handy, and um, you can you can Google that. You can look your travel agent will have that too, um, so you can see where you're going to be on the ship. So that that may come that may come into effect. You know, some people say I don't want to be under the pool or I don't want to be right right by the kids club. Some people really want to be by the kids club because their kids are you know, coming in and out so much. So, yeah, I like a deck five stateroom. I'll be honest. I, you know, I thought the first time I got assigned a stateroom on deck five, I was like, Oh, it's right above the Walt Disney theater. It's right about, you know, it's right near the kids clubs. It's going to be so no, I didn't hear a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they're really convenient. Decks five and six are my favorites. So, yeah. Yep. But that's a good point. So, you know, when you're looking at a deck plan, look at not only the deck that your stateroom is on, look above it, look below it. (laughs) See what else is going on. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's it. 
Thank you so much for joining us this week. Stay tuned next week when Charla will be back from her back-to-back Disney Dream Cruises. And she's going to have all the intel for us on how it was and what was it like to do back-to-back and what did she have to do and all that good stuff. How long How long were you? I'm, I'm going to be interested to see exactly how long you are off the ship for because yeah. it varies depending on, you know, how quickly they're moving that day. I've heard as little as, you know, under an hour up to, you know, a couple of hours. So, yeah, I'll let That's- you know. We'll see. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, on Pinterest, and on Instagram. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, it's slash Diz Park Princess. Pinterest is Pinterest.com slash Disney Park Princess. So you can find us on all of those. And if you are listening and supporting us on Patreon, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so grateful. Um, You can join us at the $5 or $10 a month level and get extra content. So we record a little extra snippet at the end of every podcast that is just exclusively for Patreon subscribers. Um, We get a little more... unedited i'll say um, in, <laughs> in the extras so um if you want to know kind of what we really think about some things that's where we'll tell you uh you also at the ten dollar a month level get a monthly email with exclusive tips that we just will not share anywhere else which is why i won't tell you what my favorite state room is because they know that i already gave us uh to our vip subscribers so that's it you want the really really juicy stuff you got to be subscribing at the $10 a month level. And that money goes to supporting our website, supporting our podcast um, production values. And we're working towards transcribing all of these podcasts so that they are available as a resource to be read or referenced to on our website as well. Um, And that costs money. So we're trying to raise money for that. So thank you so much. And that's it. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Talk to you next week. (laughs) 